Riley Jensen, our college football insider, joining us now on the Sprint special guest line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Riley, good morning. Dude, what happened this weekend? Everybody was depressed at church this weekend. What, what the heck, man? Uh, you what the heck? You don't go That's to why ch- I didn't go to church. <laughs> you don't go to church with Aggies? Aggies I thought, Aggies I thought you were an honor. I thought you were an unordained minister. I am an unordained minister, yes. <laughs> I can I appreciate your next marriage, sure. Riley. You just call me. For my next one? Yeah. <laughs> Great. Great. <laughs> On my anniversary today, you're talking about my next marriage. Thanks a lot. Thanks a hey, lot. I only know what I read in the scriptures. I didn't say you were dumping the first one. <laughs> Oh, man. What a weekend, huh? So we'll start with the Friday night. How did how how in the world did that happen? How did USC get deep again and again and again? Well, I did think it was interesting. I thought, you know, when we talked last week, you asked me if they were going to go three-man rush and drop eight, and I – I did think they would do some. I, I knew they were going to mix in some man-to-man because I thought that they, you know, that the University of Utah thought that they could handle these wide receivers man-to-man. But clearly, um, these wide receivers, when you play them man-to-man, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. And I, I, I think one of the hallmarks of the University of Utah that I've always enjoyed and that, that really makes me want to watch their football games is their halftime adjustments. And I usually look forward to their halftime adjustments because I think they're very good at it. And I just didn't see the adjustment that helped them to win that game. They stayed in man-to-man. They, they, they continued to allow themselves to get burnt on certain plays. And I was, I was just surprised. It was a little bit of a head-scratcher. And, you know, uh, it's, it's like you guys have said. I've heard a million people say, USC – is always a dangerous team because of how athletic they are. Now, are they going to be well coached every week? I don't know. Are they going to are they going to deliver every week? I don't know. Are they going to be motivated every week? I don't know. But certainly last week that that looked like a very good USC team compared to the week before playing against BYU. And I mean, you could argue that part of it is because BYU had a good game plan against them, and and maybe Utah's game plan wasn't quite as good. Well, how about it's just simple that the receivers were better than the defensive backs and we're overthinking anything more beyond that? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, that's what I'm saying is I, I don't think they made the adjustment and went to zone or maybe made this quarterback think about it very much. Um, you know, and then I, the other thing that was interesting is, you know, as much as I've been excited about the University of Utah offensive line, I mean, they just got dominated, and I think – one of the things that hurts just a little bit more because they got dominated by USC's defensive line is that Jay Tupele is from right here in the Salt Lake Valley from Bingham, Bingham High School, and he was just having a heyday with Utah's offensive line. And, and you know, those two things, the, the, the inability for the DBs at Utah to match up with USC's wide receivers and the offensive line inability to block those interior defensive linemen was, was frustrating all night. So Washington State 
uh, has a similar scheme. They won't have three NFL-bound wide receivers, I wouldn't think. But how much faith do you have in the Utes' ability to corral this passing game, given what you saw in the first half with Northern Illinois and what you saw in the USC game? Well, I mean, you're, you're, you're watching the University of Utah, and, you know, it's interesting as a coach because you're constantly learning about your team. And, and one of the things that I struggle with, and I'm not saying that college coaches struggle with this, but when, I, when I'm coaching, it's, it's really, really hard for me to tell, particularly on film, whether we match up well or not. And so I just go to the default setting like, hey, we don't match up well. So we need to do this, we need to do that, and we need to do this in order to be able to score and we're going to have to use some misdirection and some smoke and mirrors and some different things to be able to score. Um, and I wonder sometimes if college coaches do the same thing where it's just like, man, I really thought our guys matched up man-to-man with those guys. And so you learn about your defense, you learn about your offensive line, and you're able to make adjustments. I think they'll play much better this week against Washington State, but my goodness, <laughs> Washington State's defense can't be good. I mean, UCLA had struggled to score against everyone, and then they scored 67 last week. I mean, how how would you feel if you're the quarterback for Washington State and threw for almost 600 yards and nine touchdowns and lost? I mean, what a terrible feeling inside. <laughs> yeah, I would think that's why I came to Washington State, though. So <laughs> I kind of knew that going no, in. No, I, I mean, I agree with that. And, and, and certainly when you're a quarterback at Washington State, you love that you get to, you, you get to have the ball in your hands and, and make plays. But – I'm not sure that he thought he was going to be losing game 67-63, right? Probably not. Uh, he, a poss- Maybe 49-45, you know, but yeah. 67-63, that's a, that's a freaking arena game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a possibility that the Utes could be without Moss and Huntley uh, for the quarterback situation. How much do you change things then? Well, that, I mean, that does make things a little bit difficult. I mean, I, I think what you're excited about is the fact that you're going to be able to move the ball against Washington State's defense. The question is, can you slow them down enough? Can you get, can you get a stop per half to be able to compete with Washington State? Uh, you know, interestingly enough, and I don't know, I haven't looked at what they've listed, you know, as the backup quarterback, but Lisk has seemed to be the one that's coming in for mop-up time. And if Huntley's out, that would be very interesting to me to see uh, what ends up happening, especially as well as uh, – oh, shoot, I just spaced his name. The quarterback from last year, the backup. Uh, Shelly. For Utah. Shelly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he played so well last year, and it just it just seems to me that if, if, if he was still the second-string quarterback, why would you not have him in for mop-up time? and running the troops and doing the things that you need to do. And so I'd, I'd be interested if Huntley really is out, he, who is the backup quarterback for, for sure. Because I think, I think that has a big influence on how the game goes. And with Moss out, um, obviously we think it's a shoulder. We don't know how long. What are they saying Huntley's injury is? They're, they're not, not saying anything. Or, well, of course they're not saying anything. Do we have a speculation or – well, yeah, he was that. limping after the game the other night. I can tell you that. I saw it okay. for myself. Yeah, I mean, as, okay. soon as, as soon as Moss went out, he ran right into the teeth of the defensive line on the next two plays, and he ended up with 18 carries. I mean, 
No, I mean, you don't want to see anybody. Yeah, you don't want to see anybody get hurt, but this is kind of predictable. It is predictable when he's carrying the ball that many times, but it's also predictable that he's going to have to carry the load a little bit this game when Moss went down because you just don't have your whole offense in. And I know they're excited about you know other running backs and some different things, but when Moss is down, it's a, it's a different team, and you have to come up with a different scheme. The good news is when this kind of thing happens at the University of Utah, I mean, what have they built their program on? They've built it on defense. They've built it on special teams. And they're not counting on a ton of offense. And so, um, yeah, you have to make adjustments, but I think it's going to be more of the same. I think they're going to try and pound the rock. They're going to be smart with the football. And they're going to try and keep this to a low-scoring game as much as they can. Washington State's going to be difficult to do that with. But that's kind of what they've built their team on, so that when these sorts of things happen, it's not as huge of a loss. Uh, Kyle said a couple things at his uh, press conference that apply to this. He was asked about the backup quarterback. He said it's still an open competition. Whether that's true or not, that's what he wanted to throw out there on the Monday before the Washington State game. Uh, so he was asked about that. Um, well, I mean, they are different style quarterbacks, right? Like, I mean, one is mobile and can run around and, and can do a little bit of the run game for you. The other's a, a traditional, like, pocket passer. And so uh, I can see why he would want to keep that a secret. I, I can see why he would want to, like, not give away his hand on that sort of thing. And he also said the special teams really haven't been an advantage. They've been an advantage in the past, and to your point, you know, they've built on that. But he said right now there's basically kind of a wash. Just kind of even. They haven't really no, gotten that's, a leg that's up. That's fair enough. I, I, and I just don't know how you can have a run like they've had. I mean, the, the run that University of Utah has had, special teams wise, is really pretty incredible if you think about it. And I thought that the special teams would be down a little bit this year, and I thought the offense would be up a little bit this year, and that that would make up for some of it. But he's right. It's not. It's not as good as it has been. But it's certainly something the University of Utah is proud of. It's certainly something that they put a lot of time into. And I expect special teams to get better and better and better as the season goes on. Are the Cougars screwed without Tyson Williams? I think it's a I think it's a pretty big blow. I mean I, I he, he didn't he just give you that feel that they had a big time back that they yeah, had somebody yes. that could that could really run the ball. And I'm not sure I get that feeling from anybody else that's on their team. That's not that's not a cut to Katoa, Lopini Katoa. I think he's more of a traditional BYU back that's been able to catch the ball out of the backfield and get you some yards on the old draw trap and on some different things like that and hurt you when you're passing the ball to set up the run. But, man, when I saw, when I saw in that game, when I saw that little – it was like his foot just barely hit the ground and the helmet hit his knee at the same time and you just saw that tweak and I was like, oh no, please don't be an ACL. Not, not for this guy. I mean, everything that you read about him is that he's a, good, he's a good kid, he's been a good teammate and you were hoping the best for him and, and you hate to see an injury like that you know, as a fifth-year graduate transfer, but I mean, it's part of the game. It's the reason why BYU went out and got more running backs is because you need depth at that position and I do think it hurts them a little bit, although I think their natural inclination is to really just give the reins to Zach Wilson and let him take this team. So it maybe takes the pressure on them not to have to run the ball as much because I, it's ironic to me that I feel like Grimes wants to pass the ball more than he wants to run the ball. Riley, you're, uh, 
your Aggies went down and beat San Diego State. How much did that up your? And apparently, you don't go to church with any Aggies because everybody at church you said was, so. You apparently, have no Aggies. Where did you go? Well, they all came. Hey, they all came out of the pews on Sunday. I mean, they, you know, they had the Utah State tie. They were ready to go. They were ready to go. So Sunday, have, but. we talked about how the schedule's tougher this year. They have these cycles that are unbalanced in the Mountain West. But you go get that one. You you didn't lead the whole way because it was three nothing early. But you got the pick six pretty early. So you led the vast majority of the game. How much does it change the outlook for the season? And how much was it just? Hey, it's a one off. You checked one box, but there's seven more to go. Well, I think I, there, there's two things that happened in this game that I think are, are good for Utah State. One is is they had to figure out how to win against a good defense. San Diego State's defense is tough. It's always been tough to play against Rocky Long. I remember when he was in New Mexico, I played against him, and I, I think I threw the ball 50 times in that game. I swear I got hit 49 times. I mean, he just he does a good job of confusing offensive lines and getting hits on quarterbacks. And, the, and and quite honestly, like his man-to-man scheme and his zone scheme is a little bit confusing to quarterbacks. And so I think it builds a little bit of confidence that you, that you grinded out a win offensively. And I know you had to pick six, but you grinded out some points. You did enough good things to beat them. And then I think the other thing, and I know, you, I know that San Diego State's offense isn't great, and I know they talked about being this spread offense this year, but it looks like the same old Rocky Long offense to me. But Utah State's defense is going to need confidence builders as much as they can. They're down a whole bunch of corners. They've got a lot of injuries on defense. Obviously, Woody's an unbelievable you know, linebacker, and he makes a lot of plays. But they needed that confidence builder on the road. And you know everybody's been talking about how they need to get a Mountain West Conference, a legitimate Mountain West Conference road win. And I – I think this is good for Utah State, and I think that they can build some confidence off of this and and move forward into the conference going, God, you know what? We can do some things here. We can do some things with this team and with this defense. So does those some things include beating Boise? Well, I mean, that that has to be your goal, right? I mean... The, the the road to the to the Mountain West Conference Championship goes through Boise, and Utah State has not been able to do that. There's two things that Utah State needs to break through on, and that is in the early season having a P5 conference win on the road. Um, I feel like San Diego State was a good win for them to build some confidence. But then the second thing really is you've you've got to beat Boise in a year where they're good to win the conference championship or, or at least to win your division championship to get to the conference championship game. Riley, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for stopping by. Appreciate you guys. You guys are, you guys are so fun to listen to. So I tune in all the time and I know I'm annoying because I text you and I'm laughing at your jokes, but it just means that I appreciate you guys. You're not texting me. You're just texting PK. So you're laughing at me, aren't you, Riley? With you. No, with no, you, no, no, with no. You, You're with off you. the group text. See, mm-hmm. that just shows mm-hmm. you don't even pay attention to me. Right. <laughs> I pay attention, and I respond immediately. Thank you. Thank you, PK. Thank All right. You. Thanks, Riley. All right, guys.